Welcome to InTech Duo with your hosts, Zach Chahey, along with Mike Pilcher. You're listening to episode number nine, recorded on Monday, July 12th, 2010, Summer Vacation. And, well, here we are recording uh, a little early because I'll be heading to the beach here this week, so we wouldn't be able to record on Tuesday or Wednesday, but the episode should post uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. It depends on when Zach gets around to it. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll get it up, uh, take care of the show notes. Uh, might be a little off, might not be what people are used to seeing, but they'll get up there, um, and we'll get everything posted. A writer so he is not. <laughs> I'm barely a writer, but hey, I make it legible. All right, let's get into the stories for the week. Well, so far, since we're at the beginning of the week and we are recording a little early and it's kind of a dead week, we're going to try to show you, you know, talk about the things that we think are pretty interesting here. Um, so it may not be everything when you hear this, when you hear the, the show, might not be everything that's going on currently. So we're going to talk about what interests us right now. Yeah, later today or tomorrow, there'll probably be a lot of great stories that we're not going to be able to hit on right away. And I won't be able to post up onto the blog because I'll be on vacation. Well, you'll probably check it out while you're out there. I have a feeling you won't be able to stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, there'll be evenings where there won't be anything to do. But uh, I guess uh, what's really going to hit us here, we're, we're going to be talking about the... the uh, Apple, you said there's something going on here with Apple and AT&T. This is your story. Oh, you so want like, to jump into that story? Um, yeah, why not? Let's go with it. Okay. A class action lawsuit? Yeah, there's a class action lawsuit against Apple and AT&T. Um, apparently, this lawsuit was first started back in 07, um, a few months after the first generation iPhones were released. Um, it was amended again in 2008. It takes issues with Apple's practice of locking the iPhone so they can only be used on AT&T's network and having absolute control over what applications iPhone orders can and cannot install on their gadgets. Um, lawsuit also says Apple's security made AT&T its exclusive iPhone partner in the U.S. for five years. Consumers agree to a two-year contract with the Dallas-based wireless carrier when they purchased their phones, but were in effect locked into a five-year relationship with AT&T's, and so that's gotten people upset. So this all sounds like uh, I'm mad that you have uh, this phone locked into AT&T for so many years. So it, I'm it's basically you. been made out to be an anti-competition kind of a lawsuit, where they uh, they feel like there there's no you know those that want to have the iPhone don't have any other place to turn. That they're yeah, you know stuck what? with AT and T. I, I understand the whole the whole idea behind this, but I don't know. This, yeah, it's, this is it's a, not going to company anywhere. choice thing, and it really doesn't have anything. In my opinion, doesn't have anything to do with uh, anti competition. I mean, this is the way cell phones have been done for years in this country. Well, yeah, people and, don't like the fact that the iPhones with AT and T, but that's not their problem. So um, I don't. I'm not a big Apple fan, but. And if they it's, don't like AT and T, they can go to a different phone on a different carrier. Exactly. That's exactly. always a if choice. They, I mean, this is a company deal. This is how companies work things out. This is how people are buying the phone for two hundred dollars in subsidized pricing. Yeah. Um, you just, I mean, you can't complain just because oh, I, I'm off Verizon and they don't have the cell phone yet or they don't have the iPhone yet. It's not going to be available. I mean, this is how it works. You mm -hmm. don't like the phone, go somewhere else. 
there's a plenty of competition out there now, and you're not going to see this phone. I, I mean, I know we've been hearing rumors about the CDMA version of Ryzen, and, yeah, and I do believe there time. is one out there they're testing, but it's probably going to be a while before you see it. I, I, I would imagine if you're going to see a Verizon version of the iPhone, it's probably going to be announced or come out somewhere in January of next year. That's where speculation's at right now, yeah. In January or summer of next year, somewhere in that range. But um, Which is also fueling stories about what the possible effect on AT&T will be if it comes out on, the, on Verizon as well. Yeah, I mean... Well, we also – I don't see the iPhone leaving AT&T. I see no, it coming – definitely not. A CDMA version coming to Verizon, and they're going to keep their GSM version on yeah. AT&T. So you're not going to lose – they're not going to lose anything. I just think they're afraid of the competition. It's going to slash their, their – it's going to slash their subscribers down because people are going to leave AT&T, go to Verizon, hopefully – There's get a lot of people service. starting to say that that's not going to happen, that people are going to stay with AT&T because they don't want to – Pay the you know early termination fees and that kind of thing, or they're just used to AT and T now. It does. It does. And they don't want to have to buy another why, phone on Verizon. Exactly. Well, that makes sense why they up their early termination fee. Mm-hmm. So they figure, well, six months to a year from now, when people decide they want to try to jump jump ship, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make them pay for it. We're gonna get our money either way. So, yeah. but. It's the back end to worry about. They want to be able to retain the people, not just you know scare them into staying. They want to retain them, and they want to be able to get new people to come. Let's face it. You want an iPhone right now? AT&T. That's it. Yeah. You can buy the phone there, but you can also buy it at Apple. But they know you're coming to them either way. So you're kind of stuck into that AT&T. Um, but we all know Verizon is going to get it eventually. <clears throat> But at some, you know, I I was craving the phone for the longest time. But to be perfectly honest with you, listening to the antenna problems and all the issues going on with the phone, which I'm pretty sure they're going to get worked out. I'm um, confident about that. Yeah, they'll come with a second generation iPhone four, and that kind of stuff will be fixed. But I have no interest in getting the iPhone anymore. Really, be honest with you, I'm looking forward to the Droid X, or maybe even I'm hearing. Hearing some rumors here about the uh, the Samsung Galaxy is coming mm-hmm. to T-Mobile, but nobody knows yet what carrier is getting that phone. So they're talking about the Samsung Galaxy, but well, we'll see. That's another carrier that the iPhone could be on. They could be on T-Mobile without having to do the radio change. Now, wasn't that a hack the phone. that people were doing? They were kind of jailbreaking it in the early days, and yeah, and people were jailbreaking their iPhone, going to T-Mobile, and getting them hooked up there. Mainly they're jailbreaking them so that they're not locked into what Apple offers application-wise, and they can get the kind of things that they wanted. You know, it's it's kind of funny. It's uh, every week it's at least two to three different Apple stories, but it's always Apple, Apple, Apple. For as oh, small as they like to claim they are, they are not small company anymore. No. Right? Big company. They just like the perception of people thinking they are a small company. They've become what they hated. They are now the IBM of this age. Exactly. Uh, I mean, let's face it. You've got, you know, now you got Steve Jobs. They're they're talking about Google and then, you know their whole "Don't be evil" mantra. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yes. They're claiming that they had the phone first. Uh, Google's claiming that Apple is basically rewriting history. Um, they're yeah. trying to make things in their own light. Try, trying to make Google look bad, like Google's trying to kill the iPhone but Google isn't actually producing these phones 
No. Yes, well, they, they have sponsored their own phone with the stats that they wanted to have, but they don't make it. They just developed the operating system for the phones, and all these other manufacturers use that operating system on their phone. I think there's definitely a bigger push than that, though. I think there's more to it than that. I mean, they're just not – I mean, they're they're getting these people to make the phones. They're having a lot more – I mean, don't think that they're not sitting in the room with these guys when they're developing these phones. Um, to some extent, yeah. And there are, there are certain criteria that – these manufacturers have to meet just to run the OS and to run the version of the OS that they want to have. If they want to run Froyo, there's certain hardware requirements yeah. they have to meet. Any new phone coming out is going to have Froyo. Um, when it, when it, obviously, when it's out on a mass distribution. If, if the manufacturer is smart, yeah, they don't want to go to an older version. And in case anybody doesn't really understand what we're talking about, Froyo is going to be the new update to Android. Right now, everybody's running 2.1, which I'm not sure I think is Eclair. I think uh, so, yeah. And the new one coming out is Froyo, which I think is some kind of frozen yogurt treat. They they like to name everything after treats. Yeah, frozen, Fro- Froyo uh, like is short for frozen or, yogurt. <laughs> pastries or um, they've got a food so, obsession. Bunch of fat guys over there. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I'd hate to see what these people over food question like. Um, they probably got a huge dairy and, and pastry section. But anyway, they've they've got a new update coming out, and it's supposed to have some amazing features added. And um, looking at what like the Droid X is coming out this week? We're going to really see how this thing works. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad that I have a two week gap in my uh, one year subscription update before I can actually get my hands on this phone because it'll give me a chance to hear real world hands on how this phone works. Because you notice when everybody want to jump, they want to jump on the iPhone four. Yeah. Everybody's so excited about it. They had all these pre order issues. And I'm then, always worried about first generation products. You never know exactly. how they're well, going to they, be. Exactly. I mean, you saw what happened. People got them, and what started to happen? In comes all the complaints. Yeah, the iPhone really didn't get good until the 3GS anyways. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we, you hear all these complaints about the phone right off the bat. Yeah. So The iPhone uh, 4 is a total, you know, it's still an iPhone, but they went out. It's like a totally different phone compared to the original iPhone, so it's got a lot of quirks and problems like we're seeing with the antenna, which they'll work no, out in later revisions. The biggest, the biggest thing about this phone compared to, to, to the case before is this is not uh, any kind of innovation. This is them catching up to what's out there now, which is the first yeah. time they've had to do that. Now they're coming out with a phone. They're announcing a phone and, and trying to make it sound like, oh, look what we got. You know, nobody's seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how Steve Jobs likes to show everything. But um, that's not the case this time. Yeah. Let's see, we got the Evo had the front-facing camera before they announced theirs. Yeah. So this all looks like, hey, we're trying to catch up to the market now and show you that we can do it too. But the Evo, now, do we know, does that front-facing camera, does that work over the air? Or is that only on, the on Wi-Fi? Evo, too? I have no idea. So yeah, All we'll I know is, yeah, that the iPhone 4, you're limited to Wi-Fi for right now. I guess they're giving AT&T, or AT&T said, we can't handle it. We can't do it on network. We need a chance to get caught up. Or maybe they're just waiting until uh, 4G, and then they'll allow it on 4G network when they come out with 4G phone. I think the biggest misconception is people, and you know, when you hear I, iPhone 4, what's the natural progression? People think, hey, that's a 4G phone. Yeah, you because know, of the app. People who don't know any better 3G. think that's the next generation in network. Yeah. And it's not. It's a 3G phone. So uh, don't mistake this for a 4G phone. This thing does not have 4G in no. any sense of the word. And I don't think you're going to see this front-facing camera um, 
working on the airwaves beyond just Wi-Fi anytime soon. And the fact that they hamstrung it to work only on another iPhone really stinks. Yeah, well, it, there's not that many options unless uh, they get Skype on to the iPhone, in which case you can call people on their computers. Yeah, see, that's that's just another, and it's another way for them to keep it off. I, I don't think they're going to put Skype on any time soon. Maybe on the next version. Maybe. Uh, I think... It to me seems like they're trying to keep the the network on AT and T relaxed. Uh, they're afraid of overdoing it. They've already um, overdone it. Just being there, they've overdone it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, like I said, all these stories with Apple. Yeah, uh, one else? other story. We have uh, Apple TV maybe including uh, ninety nine cent TV episode streaming, so you'll be able to uh, get your favorite TV episode streamed straight to your uh, Apple TV. And how is this better than? I mean, it's just like because we're at current episodes instead of what we do now as far as like Netflix and how everything's kind of like, I don't know, real old. <laughs> well, it, it's just like, you know, on the iTunes store, you can ha- you can go and buy TV episodes. Uh-huh. So for 99 cents, you'll be able to stream it to your um, TV through Apple TV. Well, I don't know. I what 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 are some of the – is this like a done deal or is this – kind of like rumored to happen it's still rumored ars technica is reporting on it uh, a couple days ago rumors that apple has plans to stream itunes media are nothing new they have been swirling since early 2009 apple's acquisition of streaming music service lala at the end of 2009 added fuel to the fire there are also been reports that apple is looking to make tv viewing via itunes more economically palpable to consumers by offering subscriptions through last, though, last we heard, the networks weren't exactly on board with the idea. So it's still being hashed out. Um, it's still kind of rumored. Does this have anything to do with the streaming version of iTunes that they were looking at doing? Um, this yeah. Because uh, from what I know, there were rumors that I've been hearing about an iTunes version coming out that's going to be a cloud version of iTunes where you don't need to install it on your computer, giving you access to your music library. The, the story it just seems like that would be a progression along that line as far as adding the streaming episodes. You know what I'm saying? This way yeah. it would be kind of like a Netflix thing. You know, you see your, your you see your library there, and you see everything with the instant queue. Well, it would be the same kind of thing with uh, with iTunes and being able to stream your TV episodes. Mm-hmm. It, it so, doesn't allude to anything like that in the story here, so. You know, I'm. You know, I guess with my person, that to me, that's what sounds like it's going to be something. It's going to be kind of an add-on to a, a cloud version of the iTunes. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think that's going to be like an announcement a year down the road. Yeah, the cloud version of iTunes, it, it's supposed to give you access to your library on the cloud. Okay. So you, you know, if you're at work, you can stream anything that you've got sitting on your computer, music and video-wise, while you're at work. Okay. Or okay. if you're away on vacation or whatever it may be, and it allows you to have access to your full iTunes library anywhere you go. So get into a different story here. I guess something else we've been reading about in the news is Border Borders has a new e-reader. They have recent in the news lately. They've been talking about there's been multiple different things in the latest of the e-reader uh, wars going on right now. In my opinion, that's what I like to look at it like because you have. Everybody coming out with their own version of an e-reader now. Yeah. Um, if you go on Newegg, you'll see a page full of all these different manufacturers that make different e-readers. Um, it really comes down to one thing: content. K 
can you get content? And right now, as far as I know, I've been hearing from everybody, the Kindle is the one with the best content. If the book is on print, For you now. can get it on the Kindle. For now, the deals are constantly being brokered and you know more publishers are being added to all these people's libraries, be it Sony or Borders or well, whoever. Well, let's face it, though. Amazon's got the most power. They're the Walmart of books. Yeah. You want to sell a book, you want it on Amazon. And their current deal right now is you want it on Amazon, you're going to let us put it on the Kindle. Yeah. Now, um, we all know that Kindle's pricing is not exactly, in my opinion, fair. It's pretty high. Um, I, I'm hearing $20, $30, $40 sometimes from these books. So some of these books, you can actually buy them on print. Yeah, right now, uh, Barnes & Noble's Nook is had a price drop, which is putting Borders' new codos, what they're calling their e-reader, um, oh, <laughs> a little behind on pricing. The Kodo looks a lot like the uh, the Kindle. Really? Kind of a more streamlined version. Instead of all the buttons on the front face of it, they've put the buttons along the side. So it looks a little cleaner. I don't know. Um, as long as you have somewhere to grip this thing and it's not real heavy, uh, I do agree with a lot of people that the e-ink version of you know the Having something bright like an iPad is going to be straining your eyes. Mm -hmm. It will add weight. The e-readers that they have out now, I mean, I looked at the Nook, and I was really convinced that I wanted a Nook. But then um, now they've dropped the price again on the Nook by $50 for a Wi-Fi-only version. Mm -hmm. So I know that uh, Borders has come out with a, a newer version of their, I think it's called the DX. It's a graphite colored version it's basically the borders kindle or the kindle only. oh the border border has come out with a dx version oh okay i thought it was a new i'm kindle sorry version. amazon yeah oh, okay. <laughs> not borders amazon All right. amazon came out with another the while back they had come out with a i guess it's their extra large version of the kindle mm -hmm. and uh this is the graphite version different color a uh, few a new upgraded version of the screen a new version of the e-ink which is supposed to be even nicer which honestly i haven't seen it yet so um, but yeah, it has some more capabilities. They're constantly uh, trying to imp improve the grayscale that they can achieve on the e-ink and how fast it responds to page turns and all. Exactly. Um, and it's, well, it, uh, it's $379. So the problem is at that price point, a lot of people are going to go, we know we're, we're three quarters of the way to an iPad. Why would I spend that kind of money? I'll just go buy an iPad. Yeah. So you got to keep it at that magic price, $200 and under, in my opinion. Um, what I don't get is why Amazon keeps trying to pile in features into their Kindle, you know, tr trying to put apps and stuff like that. They just need to keep it a simple, cheap, very cheap e-reader. They don't yeah. need anything more than that. If you want more than that, then you'll get yourself an iPad or whatever and then well, get the Kindle app for it. That's well, what the Kindle app is there simple, for. And, but the problem is they, they skip the cheap part, <laughs> so it's not cheap at all, yeah. and that's the problem. And it would sell a lot more if they would just get that price Yeah, now. that's where this ebook reader deal is going. If you want a good, cheap ebook e reader, they need to offer a you know, $99, $80 ebook reader. Um, well, they have uh, – I do believe they sell the Kindle now in Target. Uh, now yeah, I haven't I seen it, it myself. But I saw I don't it there. I was at Target a, about a four, three or four days ago. I was in Target. And they had a display up with a demo Kindle out there that you can play around with, and they didn't have any on shelf because they're all locked up behind the cabinet there. But what was the price? Do you remember? I don't even remember. I just saw oh, Kindle, cool, <laughs> and went on. 
See, that's what they should do. Uh, if Target sells the Kindle, they should get a deal where they're selling the Nook. They should get a deal where they're selling iPads. You know, uh, have the choices out there. That'd be great, but, you know, the Nook and all that kind of stuff, they're keeping inside their own bookstores. Yeah. Um, I See, that's what I think. I think the Nook's doomed to fail. Uh, you're gonna. Yeah. The Kindle has the backing because it has the major force of Amazon behind it. But these other people are... These other companies are just coming out with these e-readers to yeah. try to stay relevant. But if you're in Borders or Barnes and Noble and you see their ebook reader and stuff, okay, that's one thing. Before Amazon didn't have any physical presence that you saw it online, you can only buy it online. You couldn't get your hands on it and get a feel for it. Now that they're in Target, you can get a feel for it, which is going to boost their sales. The Nook didn't have that problem because they were in a physical store. You can get your hands on it and play around with it and get a good feel for it before deciding to buy it. Well, remember, Amazon's also got Whisper, um, which is the network. Basically, they're giving you access to Sprint's Wi-Fi network yeah. um, free of charge. It comes with the purchase of the of the system so that you can download books anywhere. But there are some back ends where you can kind of use the web browser a little bit. But you're not yeah. going to get any major uh, push out of the web browser or any major uh well, maybe that's what they need to do. Just very, very basic browsing so you can find new books to buy. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe they need to get it so that it's a separate plan so they can shave some of the price off the ebook reader because most people aren't going to be using the WhisperNet. They're going to be downloading new books at home through the Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. Because I know I'd rather load up an ebook reader with a whole bunch of books before I go on vacation rather than trying to worry about finding a new book or something while I'm on vacation. Well, I guess. I guess we will be titling this show "Vacation Time." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, well, let's let's talk about. Uh, I I have a little tidbit story. Uh, not real. Uh, a lot of information on it yet. Okay. It's more or less just a, a developer story. Uh, apparently, Google's coming up with an application for people to come up and build their own Android apps. It's supposed to be an application to allow you to go on and figure out how to build an Android app. This is to kind of get people excited about getting out there and creating their own content and creating their own applications. It's also kind of a stab at the iPhone. Oh, sure, sure. Exactly. This is definitely, I mean, this is get more people involved in creating apps so that you can get more exciting things going. So, yeah, you, you want to limit people on what they can use to program? Well, we're going to open it up. <laughs> you want to see more about the story. Um, it's on the Boy Genius Report. Um and I will also have it on the show notes, a link. And they also have a short video kind of demoing the application. It's supposed to be easy to use, but a very powerful application so that you can create your own applications for Android. So um, I'd definitely like to check it out. And uh, who knows if it's something that's easy enough to use, maybe we'll even try to make something ourselves and see how it goes. Yeah, that's worth a try. I might get into that. I do a little bit of maybe programming can, on the side from time to time. Make an Entech Duo uh Podcast feed. Yeah. Podcast feed uh, application or something along that line. Uh, I definitely would love to try that. Throw it at my see. programmer of a wife here, and she can do it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, but uh, moving on here, uh, we also have a story on Firefox 4. Um, oh, yes. So, and let I you guess, go on with that one. Yeah, you know, I, a little bit more. I guess, because um, I recently dropped Firefox because it was giving me problems. You may or may not have seen the blog post I put up. Uh, because recently Firefox was updated to separate apps like uh, the applications like Silverlight, QuickTime, and Flash from the browser itself. So if they crash, it doesn't take the whole browser window with it. Because recently there's been a lot of issues with them crashing. 
it doesn't seem to be any changes with those programs themselves. I think it's a change they made in Firefox that's been causing it. Anyway, this side program that's managing all this was eating up a lot of system resources, so I moved to Chrome. Well, the new beta release does the same thing. It keeps it all separated and isolated, so if there is a crash, it doesn't crash your browser. And supposedly it fixes the problems that I was encountering with system resources being eaten up, and it supposedly brings Firefox back up to speed, being a good competitor with... with some of these tongue tied, <laughs> being yeah, a competitor so with Chrome and stuff as far as being able to upload the pages quickly, because they have so been getting slow lately. When is it? Is this beta out now? The beta, beta four, Firefox four beta one is what it is. Is out. It's available, and so you can download it and you can try it out for yourself. I know. See, I use uh, I use Firefox off and on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really have any issues with it, to be honest with you. I use uh, IE8 most of the time. I know a lot of people don't have, are not happy with it. it. It seems like everything is based on personal preference. I happen to like IE, and I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. It just so happens that it's the one that's attacked the most with uh, well, bugs. Because and, it's the one that's viruses. most widely used. If you look at surveys, IE8 is the main browser of choice right now. Firefox taking up a close second. Chrome not far behind it. And then so exactly. far well, you're going to use. Let's face it. You're going to use what's easy to use. What's um, already there, yeah. IE7 was uh, so backdated. Now with IE8, it's basically, it's basically uh, Firefox in my opinion. Only yeah. works better. <laughs> it's it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I love IE8. I have no issues with it. Well, it used to be Firefox was the innovator. They came out exactly. with the tab browsing. They came out with the add-ons where you can have spell checker and stuff like that. Then IE picked up on that. Chrome has done their own thing. They've put the tabs in a different place, and they... Is it, well, isn't there a new Chrome out now? No. I, I could have swore I was listening to Buzz Out Loud. They were talking about a new Chrome that was out there now, so... But unlike uh, Firefox, where they're isolating these programs from the browser, each tab in Chrome has its own system process. I got you. So if it crashes, only that tab crashes. Also, they've placed the tabs at the very top of the bar, and Firefox is taking hints on Chrome now and copying Chrome's layout and look. Okay. So now Chrome is the innovator, and Firefox is playing catch-up. It's funny how these things flip-flop back and forth in the industry. Well, that's the way it's going to go. Everybody's trying to grab some market share. Um, you, it was IE for the longest time and, and uh, Netscape Navigator. Mm-hmm. Now Netscape's no longer a player. But now you've got Firefox, you've got Safari, you've got Chrome. Um, Safari, for me, is not even an option. If you yeah. have a Mac, obviously, that's what you're going to be using, but um, not if you're using a PC. You're not going to use Safari. It's kind of the redheaded stepchild as <laughs> far as all the different yeah. browsers go. And in my opinion, it's kind of a fight between Firefox and Chrome. I've used Chrome, and it, it, it works great. But you know, after a while, when you get these things installed and you have them listed on your desktop, which one are you going to click on the most? You're going to use the one that you're more comfortable with. And for I've me, it's more IE8. Yeah, the other I've ones are just something you kind of play around with now and then. But for the most part, I use IE8. And if I'm going to a website that I'm not real sure about, but I want to check out and I'm not really sure about the security, mm-hmm. 
I'll use Firefox or I'll use Chrome just because most people, when they plan their attacks, they plan it on, they plan it for Internet Explorer. So I'll use a different browser for for some of my unsure of browsing as far as going to some websites that I'm not sure about. Chrome's my primary browser. The only time I use IE is when I'm having to do, go to some websites that aren't very friendly to Chrome or Firefox and kind of outdated exactly. sites like uh, our job forces us to go to sometimes. And we'll only and work right just on to kinda, IE. Just to kind of cover, by the way, uh, in case anybody doesn't know, Safari is Apple's browser. Yes. IE8 is Microsoft's browser. Google is, uh, I'm sorry, Chrome is Google's browser. And uh, Firefox is the only one that I'm aware of that their main, the company, that is all they do. That's their browser. They don't. There's nothing else behind them as far as. Mozilla has some other products. They have an email client, some other little things. They're. They're more yeah, on the Linux when side. When people of think things. of Firefox, they don't think of Mozilla. They think Firefox. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. This is this is their flagship product. Firefox so. started out as the web browser of choice for people who use Linux. Exactly. And that's what mainly Mozilla programs for is Linux-based uh, software. They don't. Firefox is one of the few that they actually keep ported over for everything, like for the Apple, for Windows, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, don't let me forget. There is one other browser. Uh, I don't even. I know uh, one person well, that not uses one, it. There's a lot of other browsers out there. There's tons. Yeah, Opera. Opera um, is another big. Well, not real. Not big in the U.S. It is big elsewhere, but it doesn't have, but maybe a one percent share on the market, if even that. I don't even think it's hit a one percent share. Exactly. So but, I mean, these are not. Everybody reason, goes by market share. How many? How much kind of uh, penetration they've made in the market? What kind of saturation do they have as far as how many users use their their product? But see, the thing is, uh, I think most of these people use IE. They just kind of have Chrome and Firefox on the side. You're going to find that mo- a lot of people have three or four different browsers. I think you're um, overestimating what most who most people are. I don't. Well, I think true. most people are on IE because they don't know about Firefox. They don't well, that's, know about that's Google. Correct. You know, they're just uh, everyday people. They're not into the tech stuff like we are. Tech they're going to use the browser that's that's comes with their operating system, yeah. and it just happens to be there. So yeah, I believe that's probably true. From what I hear on podcasts, I listen to more and more techies are turning to Chrome. Yeah, because it's, um, it's it's slicker. It, it works great. Yeah, very um, few are go- using IE because of the problem. But it's turning out that uh, Firefox actually has more security holes than IE does, according to some uh, recent reports I heard about uh, a month or two ago. Yeah, that that would probably be right. <laughs> Lately, they don't seem to be working all that great. Yeah, they haven't been getting updates out very quickly, and some of the updates have been a little buggy, you know, like I was mentioning earlier. Well, let's see. Right now, um, just kind of go through here. I do not have Chrome, so right now I'm, I'm downloading it. <laughs> I'm um, going to see what version we have. It'll take a minute to get used to. Once you get used to it, though, I I, I don't want to go back. I, I'm loving it. Now we'll go into... All right, the, so while I'm uh, I'm downloading Chrome here... We'll do we'll, the random story of the week. Do your random story of the week. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it's not quite random. Um, It is pretty techy, I think. Okay. Lucas Films has put out a cease and desist order to a laser you know to a manufacturer that has this high-powered laser this thing looks awesome wicked laser is creator of the spider 3 pro arctic laser 
um, has this injunction on them from Lucasfilms because this thing looks a lot like a lightsaber. A lot of blogs and news stories have touted how much like a lightsaber it looks, and they're calling it a real lightsaber. It's got this high-powered blue laser beam that warnings for it are so dangerous that they tell you don't even look directly at the spot you paint on the wall with this thing because it will cause blindness. <laughs> it's not yes. it's not really a consumer laser. It's meant for commercial use, but it's only a couple hundred dollars. It looks really badass. I've got a story about it up on the blog, links to the site and to the CNN article that I found about this lawsuit. Yeah, you're kind of going in and out fading in and out on me so uh we use skype to do the show so you're probably going to hear a little glitches here and there i'm also kind of tired long night yeah we got a lot to do today because we leave first thing in the morning for our vacation going to the beach well yeah (laughs) so i'm about at the end of my rope here well that's what you go on vacation for to recharge um but get back to this story here about lucas um his company is known for suing people over the rights. You yeah. do have to protect your intellectual property. You have to protect your trademarks. You have to protect your patents. Mm-hmm. But to me, um, it's one of those – it's kind of a gray area. This company, the, the guy that leads this other company says that um, it's a coincidence. It's other people calling it a lightsaber, but they have made no claims that that's what this is. Yeah. But on the flip side, you look at it. This thing is designed and looks an awfully lot like a lightsaber handle, and um, that's basically what George Lucas's company is saying. That it's pretty obvious this is what you're trying to emulate it to look like. Yeah. And just because you're claiming that people are saying referencing the lightsaber, and you're not saying it is, that's what we're saying. You're trying to sell it based on the fact that it looks like one. Well, Wicked Lasers so is pretty, pretty much sure laughed. Well, Wicked Lasers pretty much laughed at him and said, oh, "This, yeah." Go for it. Try it. You're not going to get anywhere with it. You know, it just looks how it looks. If it happens to look like a lightsaber, so be it. It doesn't matter what the outer casing looks like. I don't think Lucasfilms is going to be happy because it's going to look like a lightsaber just because of how powerful that beam is. Exactly. I think Lucasfilm just wants to have the rights to every high-powered laser. <laughs> well, they want to at least be able to rent the name out, if anything, or rent the image um uh... Because you know that, as you know, Verizon pays a uh, licensing fee to use the Android name, uh, or the Droid, I'm sorry, the Droid name for the phone line that they have. So Yeah, uh, they they got all that sorted out well before they released their phone to make sure there wouldn't be any lawsuits. Knowing that Lucasfilm likes to throw lawsuits around about perceived copyright issues on anything that they own. Well, they took it to the right step, though. They went to them first, said, this is what we want to do. We want to use this name. Yeah. What's it going to take to let us use it? What, what are we going to have to pay you to, to use this name? And they did it the right way, and they paid, they're they paying their, what they're supposed to pay. So it's what you're supposed to do when you're a company. You don't steal somebody else's idea and build on top of it. You know, And that's basically where we are with all these smartphones. Mm-hmm. Apple's trying to stifle competition by saying we own the rights to this and yeah you nobody else can have the swipe motion or no the only problem is half the patents that they claim they uh, that they have well other phone companies had them first now that's what they're using against apple um the latest thing was apple was trying to patent the uh what is it the um the effect of page turning 
the actual yeah, motion I read about that <laughs> of the of the page turning on the on their um the iPad so the actual um graphic of the page flipping that's what they're trying to patent i'm like how ridiculous is this going to be at what point does somebody at the patent office look at this stuff and go I, I can't believe you're actually trying to patent this. Well, I, I think. So what if I want to what if, what if I want to come out with a patent on the, the way I breathe my air? You're gonna have to pay me a royalty because you breathe air just the way that I do. Well, Barnes you know, and Noble was doing something like similar. Do. Barnes and Noble is trying to get a patent through, or may have just gotten a patent through for the layout of screens. Talking about you know their e-ink screen at the top and a smaller LCD at the bottom kind of thing, so that nobody else can. Uh, do a similar thing with their device. And Microsoft was doing something similar with how page turning goes. Along the same line, <laughs> you know, what was that uh, tablet that was rumored to be developed that Microsoft was doing? Dual screen kind of deal on how page turning effect worked and that kind of thing. They're, they're trying to patent anything and everything they can so they can say, oh, we own that, you owe us money for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's every every. It's basically that's what it's coming down to. So um, everybody just wants to get paid. <laughs> if you're gonna steal my idea, I at least want to get something out of it. Yeah. Well, so, we're getting long in the tooth here. Um, yeah, we we, we want to put an end to the to the show probably right about now. So, yeah. but um, give us give us a little extra time this week. Try to get the show notes up. We will. Uh, there is, by the way, on the show notes, we do have a a made. Uh, major article on the Lucas lightsaber uh, whole suing situation. Yes. That yeah, on the blog that uh, Mike put out there, and that's at ntechduo.blogspot.com. So go ahead and check that blog out. Um, we try to update it a couple times a week with some stories we find personally interesting. Um, so go ahead and check that out, and uh, we will see you again next week. Yep, see you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at InTechDuo. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, then feel free to send us an email at InTechDuo at gmail.com. To find out more about us or to view our show notes on this episode, then visit us at our website at InTechDuo.blogspot.com.